You can be seated. Those in our studio audience, that's my five children. Amen. I pray the Lord is blessing you wherever you are today, however you get to be watching this, participating. We know that the Lord is at work in our midst, and I'm thankful for the work that he's doing. Amen. I'm going to get into the Word of God here. I encourage you, if you've got a Bible, to follow along. I'm going to look first at the book of Mark, chapter 6. Mark, chapter 6. I feel like the Lord has something He wants to share with us today. Amen. I want to say thank you to Sister Flowers for all the work and effort that you've put into making this possible. Also, Brother Timothy Roa, I appreciate his help, his kind spirit, and his willingness to participate in the kingdom. We are missing everyone greatly. If you can't tell, and you probably can't from the, vi the view on the video, but I've got some names written here on chairs of people to remind me who I am speaking to. Uh, I miss you all greatly. I'm praying that we will be able to get together soon. And in the meantime, I'm praying that the Lord will keep you by his power. I know that he's able to do that. And I look forward to the chance we get to be together again. Mark chapter 6, verse 29. I've got a passage here that I want to read, and we'll just kind of walk through this together as we talk about what's taking place here. So Mark 6 and 29, it says, when his disciples heard of it. Now, for the sake of time, I'm going to give you a brief recap of what it is when it, when it says that here. When his disciples heard of what took place in the first part of this chapter, Mark chapter 6, it was the death of John the Baptist. We know John the Baptist, how, how great and powerfully the, the Lord used him as a forerunner in the kingdom of God. And if you know, uh, there were some very intricate details that led to his death for the for the sake of this time i'm just going to say it was not a pretty death that john the baptist died and it says when the disciples heard of it they got to hear how he died that he died the manner in which he died and all those circumstances they came and took his corpse and laid it in a tomb I find it interesting, I don't know about you, but a lot of times I think of John the Baptist as someone who was kind of removed from the rest of the story of the early church, um, mainly because we think of the majority of his ministry and his calling and all that he did taking place before the time of Jesus when Jesus really came on the scene. But we know John the Baptist was still around. In Mark chapter 6, he was in prison. He got to uh, continue doing the work of the Lord while in prison. And then those events that led to his death. But the disciples, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Philip, all of those guys, they were involved. He, John the Baptist was just as involved in the work of the kingdom at that same time as these disciples and these apostles were. 
So the word is starting to spread about the, the, the death of John the Baptist. And Jesus and the, the 12 apostles are already full bore into their ministry. All that's taking place. And we see kind of a brief, what would be a brief interruption in the work of the kingdom there. At this, this moment of the death of John the Baptist. Uh, I say interruption and I think about what's going on right now in, in, in our world. Um, this is a time uh, of great interruption. A, a time of great disrest. Uh, a time where if we weren't careful, the work of the kingdom could have an interruption and see a break. And think, well, we're just going to pause and maybe pick back up when we... Uh, when we get a chance, when, when someone says you're allowed to continue. So the word of, of John the Baptist's death is spreading. And in verse 30 here, it says, The apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. So they're kind of recapping with Jesus at this time. Lord, uh, I don't know if you've heard, but he's been over here doing this and he's been over there doing that. Uh, it's kind of a mod- uh, what we would think of as a modern day group chat where we g- all get back together and say, okay, here's where I am and what I'm involved with. And he was over there doing that and we saw these things. And Jesus said to them, verse 31, come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. Jesus is observing what his apostles have been doing. They've been going back and forth and staying busy over here in this ministry and staying busy over here in this ministry and the outreach over here and someone's got to take care of the building and someone's got to do the visitor follow-up and all the different works that these different men were involved with. And Jesus says, guys, time out. We're going to go to a desert place to rest. Verse 32, And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing. So I picture Jesus, he's, got, he's gathered his disciples. He says, we're just going to go take a, take a time of rest here. Let's get on the boat. Don't tell anybody where you're going. Try to keep this a secret. But it says the people saw them leaving. They didn't just bid them farewell. They ran afoot thither. They chased after them out of all cities, it says. And out went them and came together unto them. I don't know where you guys are going, but we're following you. On foot if we have to. We're chasing after you to be with you. And Jesus, verse 34, when he came out, he saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them. He sees these people, this group, chasing after, trying to keep up with, if I can put it this way, the ministry, the ministry of that day, the apostles and Jesus going to have this time of rest. 
And so the people are like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. We're going with you. We got to stay with you. And Jesus looks, he sees all this taking place. It says he was moved with compassion. When he saw that group, those multitudes of people, why was he moved with compassion? Because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. I've heard that and I've seen that scripture before and thought about it. And I just kind of picture a a, a big mess of people, a group of people that, you know, kind of in, in a state of chaos or some over here and some over there. But I realized today as I was looking through this and, and seeing this verse again, Jesus, at this point, he had all the shepherds with him in the boat, in the boat, all the shepherds, meaning all the apostles, those that were out doing this work, sharing the gospel, leading the groups and all of that. And, and he's kind of gathered them to himself for what he said was a time of rest and taking them to a desert place. And then Jesus looks back and sees these, the multitude following after us, are like sheep without a shepherd. I don't doubt that even in these last few days and weeks as the world has been put into this kind of strange and new and different um, situation that God is looking out over all people and saying that is a multitude of people. That is a large group of people without shepherds, without their regularly programmed lives. The shepherd, if you think about sheep for just a second, sheep know what time it is and what to do and where to go based on what the shepherd tells them to do. The shepherd is the one that says, hey, you eat over here. You go out and play over there. You gather together over here. You rest over there. And the shepherd is the one that was controlling to that detail the lives of the sheep. And you take away the shepherd and those sheep are left without direction, instruction. Bible says, smite the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. So that's what Jesus was looking at in this passage when he looks out and sees a bunch of scattered sheep. It says, and he began to teach them many things. Verse 35, and when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, this is a desert place, and now the time is far past. We've had, we've had a, at least a, a, a solid few hours here. Maybe that's all the rest that we're going to get. But what he sees, it, what, what, what the disciples are telling him is, okay, what's next? Because we had a little break in this desert. The group's still there. You did your teaching. And it's getting late. People are getting hungry. Send them away. That they may go into the country round about. And into the villages and buy themselves bread. For they have nothing to eat. He answered and said unto them. Give ye them to eat. I guess that was the the brief extent of the rest that the disciples 
had, those apostles, when they said, okay, Lord, you, we, we're here. We're here at our private place of rest. You told us to be here. We came here at your uh, word, your instruction, and these people followed us. You ministered to them. You taught them some. Now, would you just please tell them to go so we can continue our rest? And no, he tells those apostles, feed them. Whew. He tells, do you remember the encounter when he's talking to one of his disciples one-on-one and he says, do you love me? The, the apostle says, yes, you know I love you. And he says, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. And that's exactly what, the same thing that he tells this entire group of apostles about the multitude you realize they're hungry you feed them and we know what the the they look around and they think with what i mean you didn't tell us to to bring the catering truck behind us when you told us to go to the to the desert all we've got is just this little bit of food here Now, I believe, let me pause for just a moment. Those of us that we desire to minister, we want to be used in the kingdom to minister to others. If we're not careful, we can think, I got to wait till I I load up on enough, enough knowledge, enough uh, wealth of knowledge to pull from. And maybe someday when I get all that together, then the Lord can use me to start speaking to people, to start feeding people spiritually. And what we see is the Lord saying, what do you have to give them? What is in your pocket? What is in your bag? What is in your possession that you already have? You know they're hungry. You know that there's a need Use what you have to feed them. You're not going to get to a place where we, we, okay, we got how many thousands of people out there? Do we have enough of this? We got enough of that? Okay, Lord, I, whew, check. I feel like we're ready. We're prepared. Let's start. Let's bring them in. I think what we're seeing right now taking place in our world is, is enough to know we can't compile and amass Enough supplies, if you will. Enough of our own materials and say, Lord, now we're set. Now we're ready. We're ready for this revival. We're ready for this harvest because we got got all that we need. But the Lord is saying, what you have to start with is what you need to feed my sheep. And we know that the Lord works that miracle and he feeds and, and, and he performs a miracle to, enough to feed everyone with some left over. I believe that's what he's wanting to do for his church, even in this time. What it looks like and feels like maybe is a, is a desert time. I believe that the Lord would say, I've got enough and more for everyone that desires to be fed. Now, I want you to look at another passage here. Look at the book of Luke chapter 15. Before you go there, actually, John chapter 10. I felt the Lord tell me this when I woke up this morning. He brought these verses to my memory. John chapter 10, verse 10. 
I'm not going to read all the way through this for the sake of time, but I encourage you to look through and, and find all that the Lord is talking about here. John 10 and 10, he says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. In verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. When, the, when they tried to depart out into that desert place, and then Jesus looked out and saw the multitudes, that was the good shepherd looking on those multitudes. What does the good shepherd do? The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. Now look at the book of Luke, chapter 15. I've got this one more passage I want to read to you. Luke, chapter 15. Verse 1. It says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Verse 3, he spake this parable unto them. When Jesus perceived that the, that Pharisaical spirit would say, you're not allowed to be with these kinds of people. You're not supposed to be keeping the company of that type of a person. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd knows the sheep. He loves the sheep. All the sheep. I know that, that you, maybe you've got your group and you feel like those in your group are the ones that belong and those are the ones that are worthy of your efforts and your time. But I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd loves and cares about and dies for, would give his life for any one of his sheep. So his response here, what he tells them is, what man of you, he says it in this parable, which of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that one which was lost until he finds it? I really love the fact that the Lord is putting this on the hearer of the word and, and not just saying, here's how great I am. Here's how powerful and kind and loving and, and super all that that I am. This is the same for all of you. If they were your sheep. If they were your sheep. And one of them just decided to take off. You know what you would do. That's your sheep. You would go after it. You would chase after it until you find it. Now, what I felt the Lord tell me today was to talk about the good shepherd and a herd mentality. The good shepherd and a herd mentality. The herd mentality, we see it, it comes into play here and even in just this parable because what he's saying is you've got a hundred sheep 
one of them gets lost, if you leave those 99, you're not going to worry about them going, falling off, falling off one by one by one, because that's a herd. Now, in that context, the herd mentality would keep them together long enough for the shepherd to go out and find the one and bring it back. That's that herd mentality. Herd mentality, I think, is interesting. It's got, I would say it's got pros and it's got cons. One of, what we just described is one of the pros. A, a positive thing about a herd mentality. We, we can think about this in our own churches even. In a time like this where it's difficult and the church has to pull together however we can, stay connected, keep in contact, keep in communication, checking up on, on one another. That's a type of that herd mentality that is a strength to us. Now the one that wanders off, that has been myself, that has been each of us at times in our lives. It's easy to just kind of get on the fringe of what, the, what the, the group is doing, what the body is doing, and you're kind of off alone a little bit. And before you know it, you're checking out these pretty leaves over here, and you're checking out the smell of some new fruit over here you've never seen, and this pasture looks a little different. And before you know it, you get so caught up with that, you turn around and you look, and the herd's no longer there. Or you've gotten such, you've got separated to such a degree that now what this says is you are lost. You've, you've, you've gotten lost. You've gotten separated from the herd. And when I woke up this morning, I felt the Lord tell me, I am the good shepherd and I will leave the 99 to find that one that is lost. Some of us, we feel so, so alone right now and have for the last week or two weeks or three weeks. So alone, even to the point that we would start to wonder, am I ever going to be able to get back with the body, with the herd, with the church? Am I ever going to be able to get back in that type of fellowship that I had with them? But I, I'm here to tell you today, the focus is, really shouldn't be on when do we all get to come back together again as one big group. I'm really looking forward to that day. I said it earlier. I really am looking forward to that day. But the focus, see, that can be a trick to you because that's an answer that none of us knows right now. What day? What's, put, tell me the date on my calendar, and I'll circle it, and I'll realize, okay, I know, great, this is the day things will go back to normal, and I'm just ready for that. That, that is a date. We don't want to be thinking that way. What we need to realize, and what the Lord is helping us today to hear and realize is, if I never get back the way that I once was and would like to be, fellowshipping with the body the way I used to. If I don't even get there, the shepherd is still the one that's coming after me, that's desiring me. And he knows where I am. He knows what I need. And he's going to bring me what I need. So 
As I feel alone, as I feel secluded, as I feel left out, this message, if we put ourselves in the, in the place of that one lost sheep, this message tells us the shepherd will come after me. The shepherd will find me. Verse 5 here, Luke 15 and 5, when he finds it, when the shepherd finds it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors and says to them, rejoice with me. For I have found my lost sheep. Rejoice with me. I say unto you, this is Jesus now, ending the parable and talking back to those Pharisees again. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one. Everybody say one. Everybody say one. Joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. More than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. So Jesus, the reason why he would go and, and share his time and have meals and fellowship with those that we, we call sinners or the Bible calls publicans and sinners, the reason why he's out there putting himself out there among them is with the hope that one of them, just one of them, would turn to him and say, you are... You are the good shepherd. You are the one that came out here because you care for me. You love me and you want to reach for me. When that happens, the joy and the rejoicing that's in heaven and that Jesus shares, that is the reason why he would seek after us. Sister Flowers, if you'd come and join me. He is the good shepherd. He gives his life for us. I, I believe it. I, I, I said this earlier, not to just be repetitive, but I believe the Lord is looking out at what's going on right now, even just in our city here and across our state and, and all over. He's looking out and he's seeing there's a sheep right there. There's a lost sheep Right there. I don't want to leave this one over here comfortless. I don't want to leave this one over here confounded or scared or confused. I am the good shepherd. And I want to bring each of you into my sheepfold. I want to bring each of you. Now, right now, more than ever, our connection to the body our connection to the sheepfold, to the herd, our connection is only through Him. Only through Him. It's a change. Well, we've experienced this the last couple of weeks. It's a change because I had multiple connections. It felt like, it could feel like I had multiple connections to the, to the body and I could always just 
lean on this one a little bit and go and lean on that one a little bit. And man, I just can't wait till Sunday gets here because that's my connection to the body. That's my connection to the sheepfold. And I know that the shepherd loves me because I get to go and I get to hug my brother, shake a hand, or I get to be in fellowship with the body. And I know that he loves me because I get to do that. Right now, our connection is through him. My connection to you is through him. I know that he has a plan and a purpose for all that we're we're seeing right now, all that we're experiencing. And I know the Lord is going to continue to work that plan. But it would be too easy for me to just completely unplug all those connections. I've had them unplugged. It would be too easy for me to say, okay, Lord, well, whenever you get ready to plug me back in, whenever you get ready to adjust this circumstance and open and open that door, then I'll know that, that you, you want me to come back, that, you, that you're really working for me. Right now, He is my connection to the body. He's my connection to the ministry. He's my connection to all that I need. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you right now to take some time and get connected to the Lord. He is the good shepherd. He wants to watch for us. He wants to look out for us and take care of us and keep us in His charge. That is His desire and His goal for each of us. Lord, I want to hear Your voice. I want to hear Your voice every day. I want to walk with You every day, Father, as You lead me. As you lead me, Jesus, I want to walk with you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I submit myself to this time. I submit myself to this moment. God, And I believe that you're working all things under your control. You have all things in your power, in your hand. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray that your spirit would go forth right now and minister and comfort, Lord, those who have felt lost, those who have felt disconnected, those, God, that have been wondering, when will they hear from you? When will they know, Jesus, that you are the good shepherd? I pray that this moment, Father, your spirit would be loose to minister to them. I pray, God, your spirit would be loosed to comfort them right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, do your work, Lord.
Before we end this today, before we close this, I'm trusting that the Lord has been speaking and ministering to each person that's watched this, each home, each family that's been able to participate here and watch this. Before we close, I'm going to ask if we would all join together in prayer. Maybe you haven't prayed in your house out loud yet. This is the time for it. If you want to gather together, if there's multiple of you together. But I feel like this is the time the Lord wants to wants us to connect as a body and pray. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray right now. I pray strength over your body right now, Jesus. I pray minister to your body right now, God. I pray that each soul would be fed, Jesus. I pray that each soul would be uplifted, encouraged, Jesus. Lord, I pray for the husbands and wives that are watching together. Jesus, that are longing to participate in your kingdom together. I pray for those families, Lord Jesus. Each young person, oh God. Each child, Lord Jesus. I pray covering and protection about each of us during this time. Jesus, in your name, I pray it right now, God. In the name of Jesus, I loose your spirit to work on our behalf, Jesus. God, in your name, Jesus, in your name, let us be connected to you, God. Let us be connected to you. You are the source, Jesus. Jesus.
You meet every need, oh God. You meet every need, Jesus. Father, in your name, Jesus, you alone know what the future holds. You alone, God, you know all that we are facing right now. Jesus, I pray those, God, that have been battling uncertainty. Jesus, those that have been battling fear or worry or any type of anxiety. Jesus, in your name, I bind that spirit of fear right now. I take authority in the name of Jesus. I take authority in Jesus' name. I take authority over sickness right now. Jesus, you've said all power in heaven and earth is given to you. Lord, we exercise your power right now, your faith right now. Jesus, let it be loosed to minister and work in our homes, in our families, Jesus. God, I pray right now through the work of your body that you would continue to add souls to your kingdom even this week lord as we go through this week jesus i'm claiming it right now ministry lord i'm claiming the word the revelation the truth of your word lord let it shine as it never has before let it open eyes as it never has before in the name of jesus i pray it in jesus name Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, this is the time we would normally dismiss to greet one another. So whoever you're with right now, greet them. And I pray the Lord bless you and continue to bless you until we get to speak again.